Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Reminder, every episode of this podcast premieres live on AMP. So download the app, subscribe to me at Richard Sherman to tune in to all of our shows live. The Volume. Welcome back to the Richard Sherman Podcast. Mitchell, the draft. We finally get to talk about it, Rich. This is this has always been my favorite time of year. I'm, I'm growing up a Detroit Lions fan. This is all we had to root for, man. There were no Super Bowls. There were no playoff games. This is the only thing we had to look forward to, Richard. I'm hyped. I know you've got to be a little hyped, too. Uh, tell me what you think about about this year's draft class, Rich. I remember, I remember a time the Detroit Lions picked, like, Three receivers, like back to back to back. It was like Roy Williams, freaking Jason. Was it Jason Williams? Freaking. Was, we had them all. We had Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Charles Rogers. Don't forget the Ooh, fellow Spartan, Charles. man. The, those well, were the fire milling years, man. Those were the fire milling years. I think we're still seeing some signs in Ford Field down there. But, Rich. We know your, your fans, we know your followers love you, some Seattle Seahawks. I want to start with Seattle. They own two first-round picks. They're fresh off a great offseason, free agent additions, you know, building in the trenches, Dramont Jones, Jaron Reed's back, Devin Bush. You get your boy Bobby Wagner back. Right, this team, all of a sudden, they had one glaring deficit, and that was their run defense. They seem to have addressed it. I want to start with their free agent additions. What do you think of Seattle Seahawks offseason thus far? I think it's been great. I think Bobby Wagner comes come, coming back, getting an all-pro middle linebacker back that shouldn't have left in the first place, a leader of your defense back shouldn't have left in the first place, is going to be just phenomenal. It's going to be tremendous for the team. It's going to be tremendous for their, their poise down the stretch of big games. There's, you know, there's no way to measure his impact uh, on the field and off the field. They addressed the middle of that defense, uh, of course. I think they're still going to bring back Bruce Irvin. I think they still um, expect big things out of Mafe and 
and the other pass rushers they got, but they have to address it in the draft. Offensively, I think they're fine. They got your boy K-9 in the backfield. They got two really reliable, good tackles, Abe Lucas uh, and, and and Charles Cross. I think they believe in both of those guys. They're, they're, they got two good receivers on the outside, two pro bowlers. They got Geno. Um, I think the interior offensive line is a question mark. I think Mike Jackson, uh, opposite of Tariq Woolen, is going to be fine. Um, Jamal Adams is on his way back on the men, so he should be back in time for the season. Uh, so they get reinforcements at that position. And I still think they got to go defense in this number five pick. I think they have to go defense. Whether it's Jalen Carter, I mean, it, can you have too many interior D linemen that are great? No, you can't. Um, or if Will Anderson somehow slips through the cracks, slips past Arizona, um, I think he's your pick. You got a, a, a future great pass rusher in this league, future 10, 12 sack guy. Tyree Wilson, I've heard rumors about him being there at that pick. I, I'd, I'd rather them trade back a little bit and get him. You know, I don't think he's the number five pick in the draft. Um, and with their second pick, I think they got to go defense again, you know, whether it's corner. Um, I don't think Devin Witherspoon will be there. Uh, I don't think uh, Christian Gonzalez will be there. Hodges might be there. Uh, you know, Keely Ringo should still be there. But if that if they want to go that way, direction or if they want to go pass rush again, you know, go pass rush twice. You can never have enough of them uh, because that's such a glaring weakness for them. Well, I just remember the Legion of Boom days. You guys were obviously locked and loaded in the secondary, but let's not let's not forget about what you guys had in the front four. I mean, you guys had a rotation where it was just persistent. Get after the quarterback, get after the quarterback. And whether you go DB or you go D-line, I don't think you can go wrong, Rich. I'm with you there. It's, you know, this team, to me, it's funny because you look at this point last season. They traded Russell Wilson. We thought they were headed for a rebuild. Everyone was abandoning the Seattle Seahawks ship. And now all of a sudden, Pete Carroll has leveled this thing out and, and they're back on the rise. This team, I truly believe under Geno, uh, the sky's the limit. And if they if they put together, Rich, another draft class like they had last year, even if it's you know 75% of the draft class they had last year, this team could do some serious, serious damage in the NFC West and, and in the NFC as a whole. Um, you know, but Richard... There are huge, huge question marks after Geno Smith's contracts over. Obviously, he's he's not a young buck anymore. I know he, he just he had played his you eyes off. You don't reach, Mitchell. You don't reach. You don't reach early. You need an impact player right now. You want to go to the playoffs again. You want to make that kind of impact again. You don't reach in the draft. Well, uh, Richard, we've seen other teams in similar situations. I, I don't want to say that Patrick Mahomes grows on trees, but – you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and the way they built this. They were a playoff team under Alex Smith. They were, you know, very, very competitive, winning a ton of games. But I think their management realized there's a ceiling to this. Patrick Mahomes comes in and elevates that ceiling. They got a huge skyscraper growing there's over no there ceiling in Kansas elevators. City, man. There's no ceiling elevators in this draft, Mitchell. I don't uh, believe there are. I feel like every year they hype these quarterbacks up because you have to. but. Patrick Mahomes is once in a generation. I mean, I guess Aaron Rodgers also, you know, but those guys aren't one, two, three, four, five picks. You know, you, you, Burroughs was the last top five pick that's doing anything that, that's relevant. I guess Herbert's doing, doing fine. But I feel like people get so enamored with these quarterbacks and like, man, you got to take a quarterback. Man, he's going to be a difference maker. These guys are not Patrick Mahomes. 
There's nobody at five that's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes went 12. Like, he didn't go top five. If they would have known he was Patrick Mahomes, he would have went zero. They would have traded everything they could. Every team would have. But guess what? You don't know. So then you just pick these quarterbacks. Like, they're, they're, they're building Richardson up. Now he, he went from not even a first-round pick to, to the number one pick, Will, Will Levis. Levis, whatever his name is. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. The tape doesn't, they're not winners. You don't, you don't win games. Now Bryce Young, winner. CJ Stroud, winner. But Bryce Young, very undersized. Very, he's going to have limitations. Now, has that been a problem for him in college? It has not. He's, he's overcome that. He's been fine. Has, have there been quarterbacks to overcome size in the National Football League? There have. Um, but you look at the quarterbacks that are, that are special in this league, that, that have, have had a lot of success. There aren't a lot of top five picks that that you're looking at and you're saying, hey, man, that guy was a guy. You know, Cam Newton was great. Um, uh, Matt Ryan, those guys won MVPs. You got to give them their credit. But so has Lamar Jackson. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Sixth round pick. Aaron Rodgers, four time MVP, 24th pick. Like, so let's not get so enamored with these guys in the top five. Like they're going to come in and light the league on fire because you're setting them up for failure. Now, hopefully they do. Hopefully those guys come in and just. Light it up, and it's it's crazy. But the expectation is they won't. Well, you're talking about the quarterbacks. I want you to put yourself in the GM seat for the Carolina Panthers, picking number one overall. Obviously, I'd like to assume they're going to be taking a quarterback. Who would you take if you're forced to pick one of these guys? Who do you think is the most capable of elevating your franchise? I think C.J. Stroud's the, the the guy I would pick. You know, I think I hear they're in love with Bryce Young, um, but I, I think size is always an issue for me. I think C.J. Stroud has played in a lot of get big games. I think Bryce Young has played in a lot of big games, but I think C.J. Stroud can come in and make it an immediate impact, um, be able to lead a team, be able to command a team. He's really accurate. He has a fantastic deep ball. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy. But I just hate the expectations that they're putting on these kids because you're you're sitting here expecting these kids to take you to the promised land. And I'm not I'm not a these teams aren't built to go to the promised land. Now, Carolina got a great coaching staff and they're putting some pieces in place where where I think people might want to start paying a little bit closer attention because they should be a playoff team with that staff and the players that they got. Because, my goodness, they got a good, good dang staff. They got a lot of pros and they got a lot of vets that that can play the game. But I just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of those pessimistic draft guys. You know, I'm not an optimistic draft guy. I'm not sitting there like, man, these, these guys are about to light it on fire. Because what is the percentage of, of, of first-round quarterbacks that, that, that make a Super Bowl or, or that, you know, have a huge impact? You know, they're, they're, they're a handful. There's, well, there was one picked last year, but there's usually three to four picked every year. And rarely are they the guys people think they are. Uh, and, and we see it time after time after time. Each year, there's always a, a an underwear warrior, for lack of a better term. These guys that that you know come into the combine and absolutely light the world on fire. We saw it this year with Anthony Richardson. The talk of the town last year was Malik Willis. I don't believe he ran at the combine, but everyone saw his game tape. Here he is lighting the world on fire at Liberty. Like he couldn't even couldn't make it at Clemson. Goes to Liberty. Uh, you know, is, is a human highlight reel. Everyone's enamored with this guy. You see him in going top fives and Mac drafts. Everyone's enamored except for the GMs. My question to you, Rich, is obviously Anthony Richardson has gotten a ton of hype for his athleticism, but his production at the college level is eye-opening. Do you tape. think this guy, honestly, 
Do you think this guy honestly has potential to be a, a, a solid QB, or does he have bust, bust, bust written all over him? I mean, I'm not going to say anybody's a bust, 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 because if you would have said, you know, coming out of uh, college, uh, you know, what what would I have been? You know, what I've had the career I've had, nobody would have said it. You know, I don't know if I would have said it. But at the end of the day, I I don't like the combine. I don't like the pre-draft process. I wish the draft was in February. I wish it was in February. Hey, get Ignore all the fluff. Get the kids based off the tape. The tape talks. The tape says it. Whether he can run a 40 and 4-5, 4-3, 4-2, what does the tape say? Can he play the game? A corner running 4-5 can be an all-pro and, and stop receivers running 4-3. It's proven. A corner running 4-3 can get beat by 10 yards on a goal route. It's been proven. You could have pass rushers who got 18 sacks in college that can't get three over four years in the league. Like, you got to study the tape and really look at the competition. That's why so many SEC guys go. Because people say, hey, that's an SEC tackle. That's an SEC D lineman. Those are NFL talents. Now, let's see them go against each other. Are they having the same level of success? Hmm, they aren't. They aren't having success against these guys, but they're having success against Valdosta State. It's like, yeah, that's not the same. And so I think it's about the tape. I don't like that the draft is in April. You, you sit here and put all this fluff and all this nonsense in front of people. I guess the NFL has to sell it. You know, they sell all these products and make, make a lot of money, so it makes sense for them. But if the draft was in February, I'd be really happy because teams would get better players and they wouldn't get confused and enamored and, you know, all the smoke and mirrors, all the nonsense. What does this tape look like? Is he a winner? Can he get the job done? Usually it's pretty obvious. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's guys like John Ross that are going top 10 strictly because of their 40 time. And, and as a GM, the competent ones look at the tape. Richard, you talked about a guy that uh, you want the Seattle Seahawks to potentially target at five, uh, Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Obviously, this guy going in to this year was, was viewed at 1A or 1B, him and Will Anderson, top dogs on defense. Character is the question with Jalen. You know, he, he has a serious issue. Let's, let's, not, let's not make light of it. The, the situation he went through in January after they won the national title game uh, resulting in you know speed rate, speeding and an unfortunate death of a couple folks on on his team and obviously that leaves him in a serious serious tough situation mentally. Um, how much of a concern would it be for you to draft him as a GM? Would you have any worries? Yeah, you got a lot of worries. You got a lot of worries. You you were the he was the consensus number one pick for majority of the year, and when you know that Mitchell. I mean, not saying you got to wrap your life in saran wrap or, or in, 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 in bubble wrap, but you got to be close. Like, if you racing on the opposite side of traffic at 100 miles an hour and you knew you were the number one pick, Mitchell, they need to study your brain because that is what insanity looks like. And so 100% there are question marks. But this is a National Football League, Mitchell, and I'm a sorry if I, if I, if I seem crazy because they will overlook it. If the man can play the game and the man can play the game. So there, there will need to be an incredible structure around this young man. You cannot let him just, hey, he's going to be a pro and let him to his own, leave him to his own vices. You can't. You got a structure. Structure. Hey, it may be somebody living right next to him. You may have to have somebody live with him. Hey, you got meetings. Wake up. Get to meetings. Like babysit this kid because 
it's insane to think a kid with the understanding, I, I'm going number one, would make those decisions. Especially, you just won a national championship. Everything in your life is going great. Now, if things were going bad, you know, maybe a tragic incident, somebody passed away unexpectedly, mental process, a lot of things on your mind, a lot of things. There's certain things you would understand about that situation. Hey, he's going through a hard time. Everybody's been through a hard time. Your brain isn't functioning totally correct when you're going. He was in awesome times. These were the best of times. And he's making decisions like that. So that leaves a lot of questions. So I'm speaking more about the talent of the human being, a guy who should have gone number one. I, if people were saying he's falling out of the top 10. I mean, if he falls out of the top 10, it, it'll say more about how far the league has come because that's not always been this league's MO of, A, guy's character is questionable, but his play is outstanding. You know, they always have those charts like, hey, does the talent outweigh the concern? Which one? Are you willing to risk your job on it? Which GM is willing to put their stamp on it and change their franchise? And then his his pro day was disappointing. Like, you can't have all these question marks and then have a pro day like that. Like, were you tired? You out of shape? Not you. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest meeting of his life, right? I mean, this is the biggest job interview of his life. And that, that was concerning. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. 
But Richard, we've seen it year after year. I seem to like Lyle Collins goes undrafted. Laramie Tunzel slips what? 12, 13 spots was considered a top three pick just because a, a gas mask weed bong came out the which is, five which minutes is a, before the draft. A crazy setup. <laughs> a crazy setup. Now he's the highest paid tackle in all of football multiple times over and over because he should have been the number one tackle that year. But that's also awesome. that's but to your point, Rich, I mean talent. Coach teams look at talent. And obviously Jalen Carter has talent. So Rich, let's flip it a little bit because you got other team of interest, the 49ers. They did, uh, they did what they could this offseason. They added uh, Javon Hargrave, which was an impressive signing, you know, <laughs> boosting already. This is a generational defensive line they have right here. And then you just, hey, insert Javon Hargrave. With the bigger question looming over this team, obviously they're going to have an elite top three defense, probably the number one overall defense. Again, but it's at the quarterback position. The rumors are swirling about Trey Lance. And this is entering year three. Um, I was listening today. I, I think he's thrown a total of 300 passes since high school. And, and that includes college and the pros. 300 passes. Let me ask you, Rich, is it too soon to give up on this guy? Or is John Lynch going to move on from him? They're not going to move on from him, especially um, especially right now. I mean, Brock Purdy's uh, availability, is at least for the beginning of the season, is unknown. So I don't think they're going to go out there and say, hey, um, we're going with Sam Darnold as our starting quarterback going forward, you know, in, at this point. I don't, I don't see them doing that. And now, who knows? Sam Darnold, may, this may be the perfect scheme, perfect system. Uh, Brian Greasy, everybody, everything works in his favor, and he, you know, Kyle Shanahan is a match made in heaven. We've seen that. We've seen that happen where, where Kyle has a guy that does the things that he needs to do well. He processes well, and, and they have a year. Sam Darnold down the stretch last season, last seven, eight games of the season, played phenomenal um, and deserves a ton of credit. So, But to give up on Trey Lance this early, I don't see it happening. And what, what people don't realize is with the 49ers not having a first-round pick, second-round pick, the amount of salary that they're using on this draft cast is substantially lower than than say the Seattle Seahawks or or the other teams that have multiple first round picks, they're going to be spending close to ten million on a draft class. When San Francisco, I mean, may spend a million, two million on a draft class, and and I mean, with the way they're about to have to pay Bosa, um, with a portion of the team, they need they need to save all the money they can. So um, I think Javon Hargrave is going to, my goodness, if he has a year anywhere near the year he had last year for this team then Bosa's going to have an even better year than he had last year. Eric Armstead's going to have an even better year because they're going to have to double-team Javon Hargrave. My goodness, an embarrassment of riches. And then they got to continue to develop Drake Jackson. Um, and in the back end, they're going to continue to get better. Charvarius Ward is going to continue to get better. Diamador Lenore showed up in the playoffs and, and gave them the confidence that they did not resign E-Man, but he signed to your Detroit Lions. Um, it's going to be a great pickup. And the secondary, you talk about bringing Gibson back on a minimum deal. Tyler Noah Hufanga is a big-time player, so they don't have a lot of holes to draft in the first place. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a kicker or a punter or something of that nature. Um, interior offensive line and the centers, you know, is something they can probably go with, you know, trying to find one in the second round, third round. But in terms of giving up on Trey Lance, I don't see that happening. I see, I see him, you know, battling in training camp with Sam Darnold, and if they don't, feel confident in him, they'll, they'll start Sam Donald. I mean, that's, that's a realistic possibility.
Well, the reason they were able to get here, Rich, is they traded a lot of their draft picks. I mean, they traded a number of first-round picks for Trey Lance. They just dealt for Christian McCaffrey. Now they have an embarrassment of riches. Uh, this team is absolutely locked and loaded. The only real true question is going to be who starts at QB. But we saw the L.A. Rams take a similar approach. It resulted in a Super Bowl. F them picks. Ugh. It got them a Super Bowl. No one's going to question that. Super Bowl is the almighty, right? But look at them now. What do the San Francisco 49ers have to do to prevent being in the same situation that the LA Rams are in a couple, three, four years from now? Uh, they got to they trust. They, they got to get good front office management because um, they're going to have to pay Bosa and they're going to have to say goodbye to people soon. You know, this is going to probably be the last year of this team being the way it is. Um, you know, there's a lot of heavy salaries coming up. And, you know, Fred Warner makes a lot of money. Um, Eric makes a lot of money. Bosa's about to make a lot of money. Um, Debo Samuel makes a lot of money. Christian McCaffrey makes a lot of money. You know, when you have those that many guys making a lot of money, uh, Charvarius Ward makes a lot of money. Talanoa Hufanga will make a lot of money. And so they're, they're, that's when, you know, good teams, good development, good drafting makes it hard decisions. Um, they've done themselves a favor by signing Greenlaw early. You know, before he got market value, they got him really early. They got him to a nice, fair deal. So they got him under contract. But if they can do more deals like that, I think they'll be fine. But right now, they, they don't have a deal on Bosa. Um, they're not getting a discount <laughs> on Bosa. I mean, if it's under 30, you got me. You call me bamboozled, fruzzled, Um, if it's under $30 million. Um, but I think this is the year they have to do something. If I was a GM, I'd be on that same same wavelength. I mean, first round picks, Sauce Gardner. Was a was a first round pick that made an immediate impact to make you know a, a generational player, but the the hit or miss on first round picks, I think it's twenty twenty five percent that they're a Pro Bowl All Pro player um, over the last I don't know two decades. So I would I would go second third round. I'd get rid of first rounders for for established veterans. Second third round, I draft and try to draft well in the second third fourth fifth rounds. Um, San Francisco has done that, but. They don't have a lot of holes, Mitchell. No, they, they have very few holes. And like we said, that, that quarterback position seems to be the only question mark. Richard, I want to talk about a former 49er coach, uh, D'Amico Ryans. And he's, uh, the Houston Texans have been making some noise this offseason. They seem to kind of control that pivot point of the draft. Pick number one we know is going QB. But you know D'Amico well enough. This team, this team, they got your Stanford boy, uh, Davis Mills, is that his name? Running, uh, the running QB. Do you take quarterback at two if you are the Texans, or are you going with Will Anderson, the edge rusher, to try to set the tone defensively? It just depends on plan. Um, obviously, they freaking bungled the plan. <laughs> All they had to do was not win games, and they decided, hey, at the wrong possible time, we're gonna win. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, you had the number one pick all season and then decided. At least know, they uh, got momentum going into the offseason, Rich, right? You end on a win. <laughs> right. Uh, I guess. I mean, 1-0 and in, in 2023. Congratulations. <laughs> My goodness. But when that draft comes and they sitting there without the quarterback they wanted, they're going to be sitting there like, 1-1, one one, 2023. Like, my goodness. But I think they go defense. I mean, they got a lot of holes on defense. You, you got a lot of young playmakers. Um, you know, obviously they got Stingley last year. Uh, I think that's the direction you should go. 
quarterback, I mean, as one guy, you, you put him behind that offensive line who's, you know, I don't know. I can, I, they got, they got Laramie Tunsil and yeah. a lot of people I can't name. And so I think Justin Britt's the center and I'm not sure outside of that. Um, and so I think if you draft a quarterback, is this the offensive line you want him behind? Is this how you want to start his career? Or do you have the playmakers to, to, around him to, to for him to have any level of success and have confidence i don't think you do and so what you can do is build up him up a defense that's ready to go you got a corner you got a safety uh in petrie uh and and i think you got the the front and you can add to that you add a will anderson or you add a, a Jalen carter or you trade back get get more picks get maybe get a player you know maybe you get a veteran Offensive guard or something, you know, you get a player that can come help you right now. But I don't think you take, I don't think you take his quarterback at two. You know, if they wanted to go that route, they could always target Hendon Hooker in the second round. I know he's a little bit uh, higher up there in age, but I mean, the guy was lethal with Tennessee, and, and there are other options. Um, but Richard, I, I'm curious to know: uh, Are there any? prospects outside of the top five you know the, the big name guys that truly stand out to you that you would take a shot at if you were a GM you know later in the first round well I think Zay Flowers is going to be interesting uh, I think he's a he's an NFL player and he's going to be a playmaker very sudden dynamic um I think the corners in this draft are I, I can't wait to see him Christian Gonzalez Devin Witherspoon Hodges uh Keely Ringo I think it's going to be really cool to see these corners and where they go and how they impact um, Smith and Jigba um, from Ohio State. Seeing how his game translates to the National Football League. Um, there's a couple tackles. Uh, the tackle from Ohio State. I, I, you know, usually you see a couple tackles in the top five, in the top right. ten, and and the fact that they're projected 15, 16 is kind of weird. I don't know what what about their game that says they're not, you know, complete. But usually you got at least one or two tackles in the top ten. That's weird that they're not and. Maybe they will be, you know, there's just not in the projections right now. But I, 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 I don't see a corner going top five in this draft, but, you know, Seattle's known to surprise you. Yeah, no question. Richard, the other final big question, I mean, there's a number of big questions looming before this draft, but the hot ticket one is Aaron Rodgers. First off, I don't think Jordan Love is quarterback of the future, Green Bay. You, did, you had a great quarterback for 30 years. Good job. Welcome to mediocrity. That is where you'll be for the next however long y'all think Jordan Love, because I've heard that it's pissed me off for a long time. Everybody's screaming, well, Aaron Rodgers is done, and, and we're happy with Jordan Love. Okay. Like, okay. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait. When you, when things that you miss, you're going to have the postcards, Mitchell. They're going to have postcards. Like, mm, longing for Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP. You will not sniff a Super Bowl. My goodness. But it's a, such a lack of appreciation. You know, people are like, well, he's, he's distracted. He just won MVP the year before. Like, leave him alone. I don't care what he's doing. Like, yeah, ungrateful. But, but so if I'm him, Jets, y'all know, send me, look, y'all got Hackett. I know the offense. I'm going to run the offense. Hey, Hackett, make sure those receivers are running the routes and know my signals when I get there. I'll see you guys in training camp. Don't worry about it. I'm Aaron Rodgers. He is Aaron Rodgers. Packers fan base, I, I, I'm going to say it. I'm an NFC North resident, if you will. Rich, 
they have been spoiled beyond belief. I mean, what franchise goes from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers? If this Jordan Love pans out, then God bless him. But right. I'm telling you right now, Rich, it's it's this team's time. It's this Talk team's it. time. It's the Detroit Lions' time in the NFC North. I, I We talked about it briefly right after that Thanksgiving game when they narrowly lost the Buffalo Bills. I said this is going to be the turning point for this franchise. This team, it's the Detroit Lions' time in the North. Aaron Rodgers get gone. Jordan Love, let's just pray the Packers are headed for mediocrity, Rich. That's all I have to say. Hey, about hey, that. I guarantee you every NFC North team is excited to see Jordan Love. Ecstatic. I guarantee it, Green Bay Packers. You Nobody will fear you going forward. Understand that. There is not a game somebody's going to see the Green Bay Packers in without Aaron Rodgers in the jersey, and have fear for you. So congratulations on all your years of, like, walking into stadiums and having one of the best players on it. You don't have it anymore. So hate hate me all you want, but understand, you had something great for a long time. You didn't appreciate him on his way out. Wait and see. Goodbye, Richard. This concludes our draft coverage, little recap of the NFL offseason. We're going to take a little breather for for the next month here, uh, but we're going to be right back at with you guys here. I'll let you sign off here, Rich. Well, I appreciate you guys joining us again. You know what time and the place. We'll be back. It's going to be a little bit of quiet dead period for us, but when we come back, we'll be back with a vengeance with all the info you need. Stick with us. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.